Welcome to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenboss. We are grateful to WVU, who offers renowned online master's degree programs in marketing communications, and this series is presented by the Reed College of Media as part of their ongoing marketing series. Thank you for joining us today. We are here on site at the beautiful Innovation Center at WVU Reed College of Media today as part of Integrate 2022. And how fortunate are we to be in Morgantown. Um, and this is the perfect example of what higher education in the future will encompass. Um, we were really lucky to have as one of our guests, Chad Mesero, and we're going to talk a little bit today not like our usual podcast. We're going to do like a 2022 early roundup of like what we're learning are some of the cool marketing horizon ideas that we've already talked about. And the first Great. one we're going to talk about is Chad Mesera, who is the assistant dean of online programs for the Reed College of Media here at West Virginia University. And he literally wrote the playbook on online education. We know that the landscape of education is changing, and some say that we may be coming to an academic cliff in the near future right. with sweeping transformation in the years ahead. So we have a smaller Gen Z population cohort. Mm -hmm. We have increased talent demands across the whole industry and a heightened demand for practitioner education. So WVU is a perfect example of an institution that is keeping up with the changing tides, yeah. having high practitioner content like we're having here at Integrate 2022, both at a graduate and undergraduate level. And um, you know we're going to see that higher education institutions that survive are going to have to take note of what they're doing here at WVU. So a couple of points I wanted to mention from our great conversation with Chad. Yeah. Number one, remember and implement lifelong learning. This mm. isn't a stop-start like it used to be in the past, and it doesn't just end when you get your degree. Uh, we have to combine hard and soft skills, uh, practical application of academic foundations. All right. And the last thing that he shared with us is that marketers of education, of higher education, should take a page from the B2B playbook, right? Where you have hyper-smart personalization and segmentation geared to a niche market. Weren't we lucky to have him on our show? We were very fortunate. Yeah, terrific. So let's also look at what was said by our guest, Jay Bear who picked up on the theme of customer experience and how important that is. Uh, you know, I was thinking about how our original review of prior podcasts that we, we ran about six months ago, we called it the fast start. Yes. And we were exploring various themes that had come up in the prior half year or so. And this time customer experience seems to have come up so often that we were really lucky to get Jay because this is his area of expertise. And what really thrilled me was that Jay gave us a definition of customer experience, which is pretty complicated. You know, it can be interpreted so widely, but he said it really boils down to how you make your customers feel. 
emotionally. Right. And a lot of that we can't control because they feel what they feel, right? Right. And, but there are pieces that we can impact, and that's where he's asking us marketers to, to, to pay attention. And he also gave us a nice, easy, well, nothing's easy, but at least a, a manageable way to think about the needs of our customers when it comes to experience. He said they want us to be quick, clear, and I love this, kind. Kind. <laughs> Sounds like a yeah. Tim McGraw song, Always Be Humble and Kind. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and it's quite inspiring, you know. And he also gave us the insight that we have to think of this as an ongoing process. It's not a one-and-done project at all. And not only because it's hard for us marketers to pull together our entire organization to deliver that customer experience, but also because customers' expectations are coming not only from their experience with us, but experience with our competitors and every other kind of shopping or interaction they're doing. So we have to stay on top of it because their expectations are changing all the time. He even said 73% of customers change their expectation for our business based on what they're experiencing with other businesses. That It's like that example of Amazon set a level right. for that everyone else has to, uh, has, has to meet. But the good news in everything that he said is that marketing, it's pretty clear that marketing owns responsibility now for customer experience. So, Yay. Yeah, and not only that we now have a larger and a more exciting portfolio, but also that the marketers in, um, in organizations, need, this means that we have to now provide the metrics that everyone else in the organization is going to live by. And he recommended a couple. He said retention rates are a, an important metric to look at and also customer lifetime value, one of our favorites. So, and then the last thing I wanted to say about Jay Bear is he said exactly what Mark Schaefer said to us here at Integrate last night. He said, he said, stop doing what customers hate. Yes. <laughs> stop annoying me. Right. Mark said the same thing. <laughs> like when we try to do personalization and it comes across as phony, right. you know, stuff right. like that. So I love that it. was a terrific talk. It was. And then we were so lucky to have Andy Crestadina mm. join us as well. Um, and he really nailed the conversation on digital first impressions. This isn't digital first, but our first impressions online mm. have become the way that everybody comes to know us right. now. And how important it is for both individuals, us as individuals as well as companies, and how we present ourselves in a digital world. Um, of course, we know Andy, and we know him mm. so well as he's an award-winning co-founder of Orb Media, great content um, media firm. He's a best-selling author. He's an educator. And um, a hell of a nice guy. And a great guy. And he gave us a great practical tips, ways to go beyond our basics on our website and make them more engaging. You know, your website needs to add video, mm -hmm. images, Make sure we keep important content on the right pages. Get 
your um, first landing page to really um, call out the important um, content areas. But he really opened our eyes about why networking relationships are so important. You know, COVID <laughs> took us away from the opportunity to do so much networking, and even though we are digitally so engaged, we're not spending as much time getting to be with the people either online or in person that we used to, and right. your digital connections are more important than ever. In fact, if you remember, he said that the opportunities we will have in marketing two years from now will have a lot to do with who we talk to today. Oh, wow. We are laying wow. the groundwork for our futures. And the first step to polishing our networking is to go look at our LinkedIn profiles and get them up to date. Uh-oh. I know, and I haven't, I, I haven't done that myself. So he said, it should shine like your website does. Hmm. It should be filled with recommendations, endorsements, and details. Like, put keywords in your LinkedIn profile. Who knew? Like, yeah, I certainly seems haven't obvious, done that. But we hadn't really... Photos, hmm. images, links. So what is coming in the future, no matter what it is, will be a variation of influencer marketer. And each hmm. one of us now are influencers in marketing and it will benefit the people who took the time to invest in other people today. So I'm going to go check out my LinkedIn profile right after this conference. Me too. Wow. Yeah. And then thinking about virtual events, which kind of hit us all in the face in March of 2020, we were lucky enough to get David Meerman Scott. Oh, who isn't he great? had had a background in TV himself, and he opened to our eyes to how... When we think about virtual events, we can't just be porting over the live event onto, you know, digital platform. We have to rethink it entirely from scratch, in effect, he said. And that was really helpful. Um, he said that hybrid events are going to be the future. As live events come back, thank goodness here we are at Integrate. Um, virtual events are not going away, but when we're when we're looking at virtual events, he gave gave us a bunch of ideas. Let, let me just run through a couple okay. of them because sure. they were so tangible and action oriented. He he said we, that when we're creating virtual events, we can't think of it like a class or a lecture or a presentation. Even we have to pace the event the way a TV show does, like a a news show or a variety show, lots of shorts, short vari a variety of short pieces with a lot of different formats, different content, different people. Um, he said we should make sure that we include some kind of interactivity almost immediately in the beginning of the virtual event to gain uh, grab our attention. Attention right? and yeah. also have the audience feel like they're really a part and they're not just um, viewing from, from outside. He suggested we introduce some surprises. This is really kind of not the way we've operated our conferences in the past. He said, have a surprise guest. Have a musical interlude, he said. I was thinking, oh, we could get an accordion player in here, you know, and break it up. Um, 
And then he also said we shouldn't, if we're on the Zoom platform or similar platforms, we shouldn't use their share slide tool or share screen tool because that puts the PowerPoints in the center, like taking up 95% of the real estate. And the presenter himself or herself is like the size of a postage stamp. Right. That when someone's talking on a stage, our attention is at them. And we need to be doing that in, in virtual events as well. So there are other tools than screen share we should be using where the, the speaker is, is bigger and, and it can be more lively and, and uh, humanly engaging. So that was really, really terrific. He said we need to be thinking like TV producers versus event organizers. That's really the big takeaway from it David. Was. Yeah, get out of the director's chair and go in right. front of your audience, right. which was, right. you know, uh, really enlightening. I guess Zoom has changed so much of the way that we um, pay attention or not yeah. today. And again, our expectations, right? Um, so then we had this really interesting conversation with Steve Gershik. Steve Gershik told us about the birth of a doctrine in advertising that many of us have heard called AIDA. No, not the opera. <laughs> um, attention, interest, desire, action, right? That right. we've talked about for a long time in advertising. And I didn't know it was created 125 years ago. Not amazing. By a gentleman named Elias St. Elmo Lewis. <laughs> I wonder if he's oh, playing great... St. Elmo's Fire, you know, that movie from back in the 80s, yeah. too. Great trivia question, huh? Isn't Who it? invented AIDA? Hmm. But he said we've gone way beyond AIDA and that marketers, we should be taking out our trowels because we <laughs> need to become digital anthropologists. Great term. He explained how we all need to develop the tools and the skills to understand our customers more deeply, yeah. like sift below the surface of the sand and do what digital anthropologists do, examine customer behaviors and signals to infer the steps needed to serve our customers right. and expand their value. This way we go beyond customer sat beyond service levels or intent data, and we have to understand where they go, what they do, what they say to each other in a different yeah. way. And we heard this also from our keynote, Mark Schaefer, last night here right. at Integrate 2022. In fact, you know, being the data analyst and that I am, I, I was a little shocked when he said that our obsession with attribution in its current state is very misguided. Remember yeah, that? That was so liberating in a way. Kind of hmm. took me back a yeah, little bit. Sure. But he said it's really now about engendering customer conversations wherever they happen, right. whenever they happen, and not to be so preoccupied by first or last attribution right. models. So we learned um, that with companies also developing these recurring revenue models, like subscription models. Software um, as a service, yeah. We have to um, really think about how we support the customer after the initial sale. 
and that this recurring model places a tremendous emphasis on ongoing customer engagement and satisfaction. Mm. And Steve's concept, he called it, was the funnel beyond the funnel. Isn't that great? That was a new thought that he gave us. Which, and he gave us the blueprint, if you listen to the whole podcast, for how companies need to not only pay attention to post-acquisition marketing, but we have to budget for it right. strategically, and it's usually an afterthought. Yeah, not good. Yeah, it, that was really eye-opening. And it feeds in beautifully to the, the other theme that we covered in our program over the last six months, namely Connected TV. I love this concept. This is amazing, and I think marketers are just beginning to start experimenting with it. Um, the great thing about this me medium is that you get the, the value of one-to-one -one marketing, meaning the reduction in waste and the targeted access, but combined with TV, which is such a powerful visual and audio medium, and it's affordable. So, gosh, um, he, he reminded us that there are three types of CTV available for marketers today, and there are probably going to be more in the future. The first one is paid subscription services like Hulu and, right. and Netflix. Then there's apps that have been developed by the big shot TV companies like Disney and NBC, the Peacock, Peacock, and the Disney Plus, right? And then the third is ad-supported apps like Pluto. And those are, oh. you know, independent apps that are, are really, we've got the Wild West out here. Yeah, it's very exciting and, and um, lots of opportunity. So for marketers, this means for the first time that we can use that visual medium but target it only to individual households and individual people. And this means we're able to get to the cord-cutting demographic who, so you know, important. and it sidesteps the cookie problem all, all together. And it's relatively cheap on a CPM basis. Oh, actually, it's, it's expensive on a CPM basis, but when you factor in the targeting, the Elimination of waste is such an advantage, and it's pretty easy to experiment with. So, um, you and I, coming from mostly a B two B background, yes. that the fact that you can now connect or link the consumer record of an individual with the business record, this allows us to pick B two B targets, buyers, influencers, and reach them at home on their sofas. You know? Isn't that fabulous? It's really, really thrilling. And because the ROI is so great, um, we can reach them affordably with this really persuasive medium. So in terms of career moves, let's, let's advise our, our students and, and people entering the, the industry that this is really a career opportunity. This is the ground level. If I were starting my career now, is combining data science with creativity. Uh, this is where I would start my, my yeah. career now. I yeah. think it's a very exciting time. And you know, B2B has been so neglected on broadcast yeah. for all the reasons you said. And now us B2B marketers have a great opportunity to use the power of broadcast. 
One of our other guests, yeah. Alicia Lifrak, talked about a really important forgotten cohort, and that's Gen Xers. Gen X. You know, she said, hey, you marketers out there, you know, the Gen X generation is the forgotten generation. Hmm. Our obsession with millennials, right. combined with the size of boomers, right. both in terms of volume and numbers and spending power, has made us leap over the Gen Xers and ignore them. Hmm. And we ignore them at our own risk. She is a Gen Xer herself, and um, a Gen X defined as um, individuals born between 1965 and 1980, for those of us who you know, don't know where to place that age group. There are 65 million Gen Xers out there, Ruth, that are in their 40s and 50s now. They're sandwiched between the boomers and the millennials. And they represent $2.4 trillion market. And if we ignore that, we are ignoring that at our own peril, which was eye-opening. Um, but we can't just all of a sudden go, wow, okay, as a marketer, let's just go start talking to them out of the blue. You know, Alicia did share with us that um, Gen Xers know they've been ignored. <laughs> I mean, they talk about the fact that right, they've been they're, ignored. They're sensitive to they're it. They're sensitive. They're also skeptical. Mm. And they don't trust brands, and they don't trust companies. And if you're going to do this, you have to be authentic, transparent, and very respectful. And they, the Gen X generation are now very ripe for fundraising, because they now have uh, wealth. Right. They want to start giving back. They want to start paying it forward. They're ripe for loyalty if done correctly, and they have the money to do luxury spending, hospitality, travel. And they're taking over board positions and leadership positions. Right, right. They're just at that sweet spot for marketers. Yeah, so stop and think about it. She shared with us, who can you think of that's a well-known Gen Xer? Mark Zuckerberg, oh my Elon Musk, right. oh. and the founders of Google, mm -hmm. um, Sergey Brin and Larry Page, to name a few, are all Gen Xers. Right. So this was a real wake-up call for us that says, start developing and understanding a thoughtful and respectful way to communicate and engage the Gen X generation. Great, great advice. And we also had... Um, a lot of discussion over the last six months about measurement. Your My favorite, favorite topic. Yes. And we were lucky enough to get Katie Delahaye Payne on our show to, to help us understand this even more deeply. And she had a couple of wonderful insights for us that we should call out today. She, she reminded us that we... Uh, we, we should sort of forgive ourselves because <laughs> measurement is actually really hard and it varies, it, the hardness of it varies by industry, by medium, and also there's no real silver bullet. I so. know, I wish there was. But um, she had a, a, a really cute way of, of phrasing this. She said, um, our awareness to action funnel, that same AIDA thing, has sprung so many leaks, it's more like a sieve. <laughs> Wasn't that great? 
But she, she said lots of progress has been made in the last several decades, so we can be encouraged by that. But she also said that as these new tools become available, we may not be putting them to their best use. And what we need to do first is make sure we understand our objectives, that we're really clear about those, and that we've picked the right associated metrics against our objectives, whether that's MQLs or share of voice. She also mentioned share of desired voice, which is, mm. I think, a, an important innovation. Market share, various metric options, and then pick the tools. She said, don't get romanced by the new shiny object tool and just bring it in before you've done this uh, analysis and planning. And she also said another problem that, that we have to watch out for is siloed measurement, that each marketing function or each media channel is measured separately, and we're not getting the overall picture of marketing metrics. We need a more integrated approach, yes. like a, a multi-metric dashboard across media channels, across marketing functions like PR and demand generation. She said, you are what you measure. I loved that. We certainly are. That's like it reminds me of that expression. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm getting there fast. Let's <laughs> right. not do that in measurement, mm. right? You know, along with Katie, we also had Stephen Yu, a chief consultant at Willow Data Strategy, as a guest. Yeah. And he was like this really cool dude, right? <laughs> He's a mu musician and a real renaissance man, and um, he's smart as a whip. And he said it's time to humanize and not just analyze data. Coming yeah. from an analyst, it was really refreshing to hear that, right? <laughs> um, and he told us, like, also, stop annoying your customers. It's a theme. It's a theme. And he said, we're annoying customers with mindless automation and misplaced AI, which oh, goes to what Katie right. said. The tool doesn't drive the solution, right? So he said, stop annoying us. We're just because we're excited about AI. Right. Don't apply it to me haphazard, which was fascinating. So, Ruth, I believe that this brings us to the end of our highlights of uh, the first half of 2022 for Marketing Horizons so far. What do you think? Well, let's use this opportunity to remind our listeners that we're running this podcast twice a month, and it is accompanied by a terrific blog that was prepared by the... Uh, the Reed College of Media staff. We're so grateful to them for supporting us with this. People can find us um, by searching Marketing Horizons. We also invite them to follow the Marketing Horizons Twitter and, um, and LinkedIn. And we've got a really neat format, I think. We, this podcast is only 30 minutes. Our guest is on for 20 minutes, and then you and I discuss what we learned from, from the guest and debrief for 10. And we, we'd also like our listeners to connect with us personally on LinkedIn and Twitter. Where yeah, tell us some ideas. Yeah. Right, and, and give us ideas. We've got terrific program coming up over the next couple of months. We've, one of the topics will be purpose-driven marketing. Oh, Very exciting. Hot. And also, we, we covered MarTech, what's the future of MarTech 
about a year ago, now we're going to have the future of sales tech, yes. which will be very interesting. And we've got an SMB marketing, what, what's going on, what's over the horizon for marketing to small and medium business. And we've got a guest who's going to talk about how important it is to uh, operate with teamwork mm -hmm. for marketers. And uh, we've got a terrific schedule planned for the, the rest of the summer, but we'd love to hear from our listeners their ideas for speakers and topics. Uh, the future's really exciting. and and. And please, we're so excited <laughs> to be here at uh, Integrate 2022 at we the sure Reed College of Media. And once again, we'd like to thank our hosts who are bringing educators and practitioners together with their diverse offering of undergraduate and graduate level programs, including Integrated Marketing Communications, IMC, Data and Farm Communications, DMC, and Digital Marketing Communications. We encourage all our listeners to visit their website and check out the really, truly unique degree offerings here at WVU. And with that, I think, Ruth, it's a yeah, wrap. It is, and th my thanks to West Virginia University as well. We've had a terrific time here. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenglass. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.com edu slash mc today to view our upcoming conversations listen to previous discussions and subscribe to receive updates